Thank you for joining Health System CIO's podcast interview with Chris Paravati, CIO at Northeast Georgia Health System. I'm Kate Gamble, Managing Editor and Director of Social Media. In part one, Paravati talks about the deliberate and strategic approach his organization has taken when it comes to expansion, the disconnect between online and in-person experiences that can become a huge dissatisfier for both patients and providers, and why he believes implementation and training aren't always enough. I know the last time we spoke, it was before COVID, so obviously some changes there, but how long have you been with the organization now? Yeah, you know, it's crept up on me. Um, I've been here since 2010, so 12 years with the organization. Okay. And in 2015, I took the CIO role. So uh, we'll be going on eight years here in a in a New York minute. Yeah. Okay. So kind of crazy. Yeah. And you were you were in the chief applications officer role before that? Yeah, that's correct. That's pretty interesting. That's definitely not a um, career progression we've seen a lot of, but I imagine that it does have its benefits. Yeah, you know, I've spent a lot of time, a big portion of my career driving projects and implementations. And so I've had a lot of opportunity to touch just about every aspect of IT and delivery. And so I think that predominantly, you know, really helped me to get that bird's eye view of everything that needs to be supported. Right. And was on your LinkedIn and I've seen that there's a lot of growth happening. So yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about some of yeah, what the organization is doing and some of the keys to growing at a sustainable rate. Yeah. You know, I I don't know what the keys of success are, but I know that, uh, <laughs> you know, the growth keeps happening. Yeah. Um, I think we're very fortunate to be in a an area in North Georgia that continues to grow. and. Uh, We've also been really focused on being very deliberate and strategic about that growth and understanding, you know, what's happening in the market, how are these communities growing, and then how to be there to support them as they emerge. We got several big initiatives, a lot of construction, but we're also putting a lot of technology behind that. We've made some big investments in our digital roadmap and really trying to create a user experience, a patient experience that is more contemporary and at the same time that we don't put more burden on the the clinical and operating staff. And that's a, you know, that's a real balance. A lot of times the digital tools, frankly, are on their technical merits are relatively easy to implement, but in their operating domain, they can be pretty disruptive. And, And so getting strong clinical buy-in, operational buy-in to, and helping those operational leaders think through how to, to bring those tools to life and then supporting them through that transition to really, a, I, I think, a key to being successful. Uh, you know, even things like virtual visits, you know, on, on the surface, it sounds, yeah, well, geez, we should do that. That sounds super important, right? Right. But, you know, if you're running a clinic, or a series of clinics, and they're running at capacity or over capacity, it's going to take those virtual visits. And how do I decant some of those office visits to virtual visits? And, and what's the staffing and the manpower? I can't just go 
okay, well, in, you know, in room number three, you're going to find a video conference and room four will be a patient. Yeah. A little bit more choreographing those visits. And so that's been a focus of us. And then, you know, also uh, really leveraging our patient portal to um, really improve that, that experience, right. And take as much waste as we possibly can out of the process. Right. Yeah, you you talked about investing in the digital roadmap, and there has to be so much emphasis on that operational aspect. And, you know, we've heard a lot about some of the the workflow challenges that have happened. And what's kind of been been your key to trying to, you know, make it so that there isn't as much disruption? Yeah, Um, I'll give you an example, and then probably a long example, but you know, we all like the idea of going to our patient portal, a schedule an appointment, filling out what our chief complaint is or what we need to be seen for, completing our registration, our copay, and checking in without seeing anyone or talking to anyone, and then being magically called back to a patient room and being seen immediately and the providers understanding what I submitted and then asking additional questions and then completing documentation, placing orders, and I go downstairs to the pharmacy and my medications are ready and I go on my merry way, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. And in some cases, we've really achieved that. And and so what I would tell you is the key to achieving that is really starting early with the clinic and saying, how are we going to exist in a mixed model where one patient may completely do all of those things and the next patient does not? Yeah. And and almost how do you fast track or, or track those patients that, you know, have done all that work because that visit or that encounter can be quicker and really talking through what does that look like? So making sure that the, the front desk or understand that when someone does self-check-in, they can see them in the queue and they can see them on their screen, but they don't need to do anything. And the next person who walks in may not have done any of those things. And how do you get them to the same state? So you might have, you know, one patient that has a appointment for eight o'clock and the next patient that has one at 815. And the, the 815 person may have done all that stuff online and really actually even passed the person who had that eight o'clock appointment. So right. it's really about making sure that the front desk staff understand, first of all, who's coming in the door and, and what state they're in and getting them ready for coming back into the clinic. And then when they're in the clinic, you know, if I completed my my history, my medical history, and then you're not collecting it, you're just validating it. Yeah. And, um, and so how do we choreograph that material to look a little bit differently in the screen, look a little bit more like a review than uh, the same documentation? And so each step that that patient moves through, we want to carefully think of not just what did the patient have the option to do in our, in our portal, but how will the clinic react to that information differently? And that yeah. passed, we, several years ago, we, we went live with Epic, we made the option for patients in the imaging center to, to complete that documentation online, but then they were still asking the patient to complete that information again when they presented on paper. And and we just realized, you know, how much of a disconnect it was between what we had built as capability from a patient-facing perspective and and how that 
wasn't as clear in that clinic moment. It was a real dissatisfier, right? I mean, you, yeah, my wife kind of picked on me, you know, because um, she went for a, a mammogram and and I said, oh, fill out everything online, and you know, <laughs> right. you, you won't have to put all that. And then she went for her mammogram, and they hand her a paper clip with, you know, to fill out the same information on paper. And she's like, wow you did a great job implementing that system. I could tell that was really, you know, designed for an optimal experience and kind of, you know, poked at me a little bit. Right. But it just made me realize that, you know, we could implement, we could even train, but if we didn't actually go to the clinic and, and really support the operational flow, that even the office managers wouldn't make that connection, wouldn't be able to solve for that. And that we really needed to go a little bit deeper into that deployment. So as we think about video visits or virtual visits, we think about online scheduling, um, completing documentation, questions, emails, messages from patients. We're having to go a, a little bit deeper into designing the clinical architecture of how that work will get done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's a big aspect that we just kind of thought, oh, well, you know, we built it so the office manager should know how to make sure that that gets used. Well, not quite quite the case. You know, the same thing with virtual visits. If, we, if we're doing a mixed model where a physician's working in a clinic and doing some virtual visits, really sitting down and talking through, okay, how is that day going to flow and what does that look like? And then really engaging with that individual over the next couple of weeks to say, is that is that real? Yeah. So that's that's a big component of it. I think, you know, as we're building new facilities, you see that on LinkedIn, I, I really do uh, try to advertise our growth because uh, yeah. it, it, it helps in so many ways with recruiting. You know, we're looking at the design of those facilities and saying, how are we bringing the intersection of that digital consumer strategy with clinical operations? This is a really critical um, point that you're bringing up about wanting to push through these digital initiatives, but really paying attention to that clinical architecture and really making sure that these areas mesh. So um, if you, you want to talk more about that. Yeah. So, you know, I have a fundamental belief that making a better patient experience does not have to be at the cost of making more work for the clinicians or the providers or anybody in an operational staff. It doesn't have to be, I got to trade one for another. And so as we think about design integration and particularly around how do we make that digital experience match or clinical operational experience as we think about the hospital, there's a lot of technologies that we're employing to improve that experience. So one um, and probably fairly obvious one is smart room technology. You know, smart rooms, smart televisions, electronic whiteboards, those are enabling technologies along with uh, RFID and then uh, effective patient technologies. So the idea that someone can flip from an outpatient to an inpatient and that patient application would recognize that and start to cater to their inpatient needs. So often when someone's in a hospital, there's someone that is either very interested in their care or overseeing their care. So being able to have care delegates 
and have those care delegates be able to interact with the clinical staff. Yeah. The enablement of RFID and tracking patients so that those caregivers or care overseers can see that, hey, you know, mom's not texting me right now because she's getting a CT and, you know, she's not in the patient room. And that's also effective for the provider. So we're experimenting with AI right now to prioritize clinical activities. Often people struggle with length of stay and capacity issues. We certainly are. Um, So prioritizing patient care and choreographing that in the right sequence. So for example, if if I need a chest X-ray to write a discharge and I wanna see that chest X-ray, then moving that up in the priority so that I can free up that bed because I know at 11 o'clock somebody's coming out of the OR and will need to go to an inpatient room. So you start to layer all these activities that are going on in the hospital and using AI, we sequence that to optimize our length of stay, but also our clinical staff usage. So the idea that if a patient is in the seat, let's say having a CT, but also has a cardiology consult, that the cardiologist on their work list or their rounding report says, don't go see that patient right now because they're not there. Yeah. So sequencing, consult orders, rounding, and then also utilizing RFID to facilitate transport. We're implementing centralized transport and in uh, very much like Uber, if I know that someone is on the third floor with a wheelchair and there's a patient on the second floor that needs wheelchair assistance, then being able to leverage our mobile platform to dynamically assign that person to complete that transport. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.